you're my first millennial to talk to about COVID. Well, ah. talk about how you're surviving. And to be honest, I'm glad that my first one is a, well, you're an extrovert, aren't you? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I thought that I would, I thought that I would really enjoy like <laughs> kind of being, having some time at home, but turns out not so much. <laughs> yeah. I just got off the phone from talking to an introvert and he was just saying how much he's loving it and, you know, his friends are loving it. And I'm like, you fuckers. <laughs> the introverts is very different. And if anything, for yeah. them, they get to perform better. It, it does make well, me... Well, exactly. <laughs> it does make me think that, you know, all this working from home, they should just allow introverts. The extroverts don't want to. We might want to every now and then, but generally... Yeah, exactly. I mean, ideally, um, yeah, given the option, I thought that I would have loved, like, this would be the dream, working from home, just writing... But it's been really difficult, actually, just getting used to the whole setup. Yeah. Um, well, it, you get yeah, your energy I, from people. That's the problem, right? So exactly. Do I. Yeah. But that's interesting. And, and actually, it's a really good lesson for you to learn young, to be honest, because you know that now. Otherwise, you would have spent your career almost driving it away where you think, okay, now I'm set up, I can go and leave and work by myself, which was ideal, and then go, what the? <laughs> exactly, and then starting something and being like, actually, this sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I think the most difficult part of it has just been that adjustment. Um, yeah, and what do you I mean by adjustment? Tell me about that. I guess just not having someone to just sit there and chat to yes. at work. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is just purely from a work perspective as well. Like my team is really, I mean, we're really chatty, but everything that we do is collaborative. So yeah. everything that we do is a bit of a discussion and we'll talk through the best way to approach things. Um, and that just becomes so much more difficult and just more long-winded to do when you can't just turn to the person next to you uh, and just ask them a question. Yeah. Like we still use, we've got like Slack, so we use our video, like our virtual mm. chat and mm. we use Zoom, but it's just, it's, it's not just the really same. different. It's because it's, yeah, it's not the same. It comes back to that energy. I think what I've learnt is for some extroverts, we actually think by talking <laughs> Which hundred <laughs> percent? That is me in a nutshell. Yes. I walk. I've been. I said it to Adam all the time. I'm constantly having to talk things out to understand them. Yes. So he thinks that I'll be getting angry about something, but I'm like, no, I'm just talking about it. Yeah. Then it will make sense in my head once I say it. Um. Exactly. And yeah. I think I think people don't realize that, or introverts don't understand that for extroverts is. And that's actually probably why we talk a lot <laughs> because it's how we process things and having other people around us is like, it fuels us with energy. We, we have so much energy. Like if I'm studying or doing, I have to write something, I have to go to a cafe. I can't 
be in silence. It, I can't. It makes me freeze. But I think mm. introverts are the opposite. If they're in a crowd of people and they've got to do something, they can't think. So for them, yeah. for them it's I, easier. I think one of the things that would have made this easier for introverts and extroverts is that they don't have the added pressure and anxiety that I that my friends tell me comes with the social interactions. So a lot of my introverted friends say that they find it difficult to get kind of the nerve up to do things in like large groups, mm. but they're finding that now that they're at home, they don't have that. So they don't have that anxiety. They're able to just kind of feel confident within themselves and address issues as they come up as opposed to just, yeah, like sitting there stunted. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I think that's interesting because what I'm hearing in, you know, on social and in the media, it seems to be very introvert strong, like, and that makes sense because if they're in their confident space, that's when they want to tell the world. And, and they seem to me to be the people that are saying, oh, everything's going to change for the better. And this is going to go on forever and blah, blah, blah. Whereas the extroverts are like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's very ironic that the introverts have the loudest voice right now. Yes, but they do because the extroverts, I think we're not we're not saying a lot because what we want to say, we think we, what we want to say is probably too much. Or you... What we want to say is over a drink at a pub. <laughs> yes. And we want to talk about it for two hours and not really say anything. Yes. That's what we want to do, but we're not, <laughs> we don't have our opportunity to shine in those kind of environments right now. Um, exactly. So I don't, I I definitely think that as an extrovert, I feel like my personality um, makes up for a large sum of who I am as a person. I know it does for everyone, yeah. but I feel like my personality sometimes speaks louder than my work does, for example. Mm. Even though I know that I'm good at what I do, the way that I present it being myself, I find is sometimes more powerful. While for introverts, their work t tends to speak louder than their voice. So we're kind of stuck in this kind of leeway position where I know mm. that my work is speaking for itself, but damn it, I want to be able to talk about it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it still all fundamentally comes back to where you get your energy from. Like introverts need um, affirmation just as much as extroverts do. Like they need to be told their work's good. But they, but it's not even so much that that we want. It's more we like to talk through the whole thing. You know, we just don't, it's not like, oh, give us this. Okay, we'll go away and do it and come back. And you go, oh, yeah, that's good, thanks. And then we're fine. We go off and do it again. And that doesn't work for an extrovert because it's, it's it must come back to that whole thinking because the whole process, we sort of do our validation all the way along. You know, when, when there's people around and we're very good at, um, well, we like people, we love people, right? That's where we get our energy. So we have to love them. So we're actually very good at getting inside and understanding them. Like introverts are not thinking about us. They don't give a shit <laughs> about 
Well, we like they're not. It's not in their nature to sit there and think. I wonder how those poor extroverts are going. It's not. They're not. <laughs> Whereas we're more likely to. We'll think about them and think about everyone else because we sort of. We're all about people, and in a way, that's our value, right? Like their value is they can concentrate and do some phenomenal stuff and send it through and go off and do it by themselves. Our value is understanding everyone and and bringing more of that to the table i think i think that yeah i i would agree yeah so tell me with with your with your marriage how's that like i mean that sounds like a weird question i don't mean how's your marriage i mean i'll give you an example for me like because yeah my husband's an introvert and in the first couple of weeks it's like we're both completely opposite so it was a real nightmare at mm-hmm. first because he didn't want me to go anywhere and I wanted to get out <laughs> and and it wasn't that I wasn't taking it serious I was absolutely taking it serious and being very careful but I didn't like being controlled <laughs> yeah I I definitely empathize with you on that one um I was the same and the fact is me and Adam are both extroverts so that's good um so the fact that we were both being told to stay inside and we wanted to do the right thing because we're like if we do this properly then it's all going to be over with really quickly and then we can go back to living our lives normally um it just didn't quite compute we just kind of like kept clashing with ourselves being like let's go do things no wait let's stay home yeah um and just because we were both so conflicted um with ourselves at the same time we were both just getting on each other's nerves yeah and you take Um, different roles like exactly like one minute you'd be freaking out the next minute he would like that's sort of what we did you'd swap roles oh it's fine no it's not (laughs) you know yeah definitely and we would spend a lot of time trying to justify what we were doing (laughs) Um, or I'd be sitting there making up potential excuses in case we got pulled over. And Adam was like, but if we're going to the, to get groceries, it's fine. I was like, but what if it's not fine? And I guess just like (laughs) really just spiraling it, um, because didn't really know how to react and what to do with it. Um, but in saying that we're now on week five of us both working Mm. from home together. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of seemed to have settled in yes. a bit better now. I feel like we really turned a corner, but it took a month for us yeah. to really, <laughs> like it took a month for us to be like, okay, this is how we live now. Like yeah. we just have to deal with this. So, it's, I mean, it's like, it, was, it was it was definitely, it's difficult and yeah. it's going to continue to be difficult. Yeah. And I'm just glad that at least I, if I'm stuck with someone, inside a house at least yeah. i'm stuck with adam yeah <laughs> someone that i love as opposed to being stuck with a housemate that i was hoping to kick out you know yeah yeah i mean and that was the first thing i thought of when all this went down i felt thought of those poor women stuck in horrendous marriages with violent men or hor- you know i thought oh my mm-hmm. for some reason it made me think of them straight away because i thought they'd probably only have peace when they went out to work or something exactly you know? So, yeah, it's, exactly. you're lucky. And, exactly. And honestly, me and Adam are both in a very fortunate situation that we were both told to work from home 
Mm. Before it was like made mandatory. Um, we both had the flexibility in order to do that. Um, and we both work in industries and like with companies that haven't been touched at all by the yeah. crisis. So you're both still I mean, working. Financially, yeah. Exactly. We're both mm. still working full time mm. financially we're fine like nothing's really changed for us yeah. so we haven't had to deal with that mm, which is very lucky that and that's good that's good yeah. i'm glad that's the case for you because it's hard yeah i think what happens with um it's, it's sort of like what happens with projects and things like that when they say you do the whole storming then normal then it becomes normal <laughs> And that's what happens mm-hmm. the first few weeks. It's like, you know, trying to work out how you can get in it together. And then you start to work out, okay, this is going to work if we we get into this pro- system, I suppose. And you sort of systemize your day a bit. And we'll- yeah. And just, I guess, like just creating a new normal routine yeah, exactly. helps as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, normally our routine would be go to work, come back, meet at a pub, do something like mm-hmm. we'd be with other people or be with each other yeah. or we'd have like a couple of hours when we weren't working but we were still apart. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not having that was definitely like a big adjustment just because you don't realise how much you might value, you know, just like yeah. the little times that you have to yourself. Well, you need, you need some of your own time as well. Like if I go for a walk, I'm, I have to go by myself. <laughs> And listen to a podcast or something because you've got to have that time, you know, you've got to try and put in some time for yourself. If yeah, you can, exactly. Because it's hard. Um, so let me, yeah. let me ask you some big questions. What do you, you know, what do you think is going to happen afterwards? Um, do you have any fears about what's going to happen afterwards or do you think? Look, I think that the biggest issue of this is going to be the shared trauma that comes from it across, I mean, the whole world, really. I think that's going to be, like, that's, yeah, that's my biggest fear and what I think is going to come next. And I don't think that's something that people are quite ready for. I mean, we weren't ready, like, obviously none of us were ready for the idea that we're going to be working and living in the same place and not be able to leave our homes unless something's essential. None of us were ready for that. But I think when it comes to everyone needing to reacclimatize to actually being out in the world and doing things that were normal mm. when they've been completely demonized for so long now, yeah. that's going to be the really tricky part. And I think we're going to see a lot of people, people's anxiety get even worse than it is now. I think we're going to see a lot of people really struggle um, just to kind of get back to what actually is normal again. Yeah, and there's going to be a whole lot of people who need jobs and there's going to be a lot of businesses who are out of, you know, who can't save their business anymore and, you know, so the employment side is going to change. Um, I just think... I mean, definitely. Yeah, there's people, all those sort of people that are, I don't know, I think I was thinking of comedians and actors and anyone like that who normally would have to go to a gig to make money... And then if they weren't making any money that way, would maybe go and work in a pub or work in retail or something. Like their their ability to earn money has been completely stripped from them. And the longer this goes on, how do they actually survive? Like, you know, it's and what does that do yeah, to the, those sort of people, you know? 
Well, exactly. The creative industries have been hit really hard. Mm. And you're right, until everything reopens, well, really, yeah, until anything reopens, there's nothing that can be done about that. Yeah. And also, when it comes to things like the economy isn't going to go straight back to 100 as soon as things reopen. No. As you said, there's going to be so many businesses that go under during this time or businesses that start slow and only hire back a few people. And people also aren't going to have money immediately. Like it's no. not like everything gets lifted and then suddenly everyone goes exactly back to where they were. Exactly. We probably have a lot of people living off credit cards. We've got a lot of people taking out loans to make mm. it through this time. Exactly. Or people that are paying less rent that they're going to have to then pay back. There's a whole range of things that are going to stop people. So yeah. while the economy will probably slowly build back up, we're in for like at least a tough year once this all sorts out um, from the financial side. Exactly. And what do you think it's done to you personally? Like, for example, for me, it's, you know, I'm not working and there's absolutely no jobs for me to get at the moment. So that means I I had to slow down spending, <laughs> had to cut a lot of things right down. And then when you once you do that, you sort of think, wow, did I really need or like, has it changed the way you think about what you need in life to be happy? Hmm, that's a toughie. Mm, it might I mean- not have. I mean, I definitely have realized that I value physical touch more than I thought that I did. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. uh, I never really considered myself that much of a hugger. I always found it like, unless it's with really close friends, kind of just uncomfortable. And now I'm just like, oh, when I go back into the office, I'm going to hug everyone. <laughs> like, I can't wait. Um, but also, I guess it kind of comes back to what I was saying before, that I always thought that working from home writing would be the most ideal thing and that's what I would want to do and Mm. I wouldn't need to go out and, you know, be with other people in order to do that. But now having actually been given the opportunity or having the opportunity Mm. shoved in my face to do it, (laughs) it's not what I was expecting. And I guess maybe it would be different if – the option was to be writing from a cafe or from a bar or being able to travel while doing it. Sure. Yeah. And still seeing your friends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But in the most extreme case, it's apparently not what I want. I definitely want to be able to have at least the option to go and spend time in an office and be in a collaborative kind of community. I'm I'm glad you've learned that because like you said, you guys are both still working, you're in a good financial position and you everything's going well. So you've learned something that's fundamentally important to you, you know, knowing that about yourself and you've learned that and it mm-hmm. hasn't hurt you to learn it. You haven't had to suffer to learn it. So that's that's uh, one I'm benefit. Like suffering. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean, like a little bit of <laughs> angst, I mean, not real suffering, it's just a bit of like what the you know. A little bit of that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) And what about your friends? Have any of them behaved in a way that you didn't expect or? Um, Yeah, I think a lot of my friends aren't taking it as seriously as I would have expected. Like, I think for the most part, everyone's kind of doing the right thing. Um, 
And I can see that's really difficult for them because we are a group of extroverts. We're a group of when we're like me and my girls are together, we're huggers. Like that's who we are as people. Um, Mm. But I can see that a lot of them are really struggling. And I guess I'm seeing a little bit more selfishness from people. Like this affects me and I can't do this as opposed to thinking about the greater good and how it's affecting everyone or how that one action could affect other people. Yeah. I guess I'm specifically seeing it with my dad who's being a bit of a dick about it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in our family WhatsApp group, he keeps he's, – he's an engineer, so pretty much he looks at numbers and models and that's it. Mm. He doesn't really think about the human element, so he keeps sending us all – these graphs about being like, oh, if we just did this and if everyone just went outside, then, you know, we'd all become immune. And I was like, dad, you need to just stop. Like these aren't just numbers on a chart. Every, like if the numbers grow exponentially, then that's people, that's healthcare. Like you need to look at it in a different way. Um, Well, uh, that's interesting uh, because I think a lot of people, like I have found myself for the first probably well, three weeks or probably still going, gone down conspiracy theory route, which was really part, partly for a bit of fun. Like I did come up with some fun ones. My, my, I'll tell you my best one. My best one I think was that because, <laughs> you know, how they Is say. Is it 5G? Because we're getting a lot of them. No, well, you put me off the 5G. I didn't even know about the 5G ones. I, like my my conspiracy theories are pathetic compared to real conspiracy theories but you know so they say a pangolin ate a bat right and then someone ate the pangolin or something like that but they also use pangolin for um, Chinese medicine and the scales they dry the scales and I read something Mm. that said it's um, good for impotence and all of a sudden, all these senior men, older men, were getting it. And I'm like, yeah, Viagra's not working for you boys anymore. <laughs> that was my theory. <laughs> I like that one. I prefer that. Yeah. I prefer that to the other ones. Yeah, I think that makes way more sense that someone just I ate mean, it's it. It's definitely and... <laughs> way more entertaining. <laughs> exactly. So I think, yeah, we'll spread that one around, shall we? All right, I'll work on it. I'll be sure to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. And how long do you think it's going to go for? I mean, I don't think that the world will necessarily ever go back to exactly how it was. I think that the effects of this are going to last, mm. I mean, for the foreseeable future, like potentially forever. People are always going to look at things with a grain of salt and maybe act a little bit differently. But I do think... We've got at least another six weeks of staying bunkered down before things start to shift back to how they used to be. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I'm an optimist, so I try not to think. I mean, I barely know what day it is, so I try not to think of how long they want to keep us locked up for because it's not ideal. But, you know, they're doing what they've got to do or they or what the playbook is for the conspiracy theorists. Um, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it ends up. But Yeah, I yeah, I mean I'm as much as I like to try and take it 
day by day, I'm finding that at least giving some arbitrary timeline for myself really helps my mental health. Even if I'm like, it's yeah. going to be six weeks and I have absolutely nothing behind that to say that it is going to be six weeks. No. I'm just saying it. Then it yeah. just makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, every day is one day closer to normalcy. Yeah. Or one day closer to being able to go and sit at yeah. the cafe downstairs. Exactly. And, you know, reach over the table and touch someone. And that's a good idea. I think that's the thing is mental health is really important and it's affecting people in all sorts of different ways. So people have to process it however they have to process it, you know. Mm. And that's the hard thing is we're all sort of adjusting to how our friends or family are processing it themselves. And, and we've got to be able to do it ourselves and be able to, like you said, get yourself through it. Like people... There's there's a lot of people out there saying all sorts of shit like, oh, we went through war, you should be able to do this, or we went through, or you've got this time, now you should do something really important and all the rest of it. It's just fuck off. This is a big issue that's happening. People don't really know what's going on. They don't really know what's going to happen to a lot of other people. So it's something big we're dealing with, and we all have to just lighten up and act with love you know <laughs> be a bit more patient yeah. yeah at the end of the day this is my life philosophy and i feel like it runs true just don't be a dick <laughs> that's perfect and i think we'll be fine <laughs> exactly yeah you might want to talk to some american president about that <laughs> I'll try and get him on my next Zoom. <laughs> get him on your next Zoom, see what you could do. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to let you go now because I know you've got to go back and work. Yeah. But it's been very good but, um, talking to you. Always. Um, if you need to riff with another extrovert, then just give me a call. I will do. Thank you so uh, much. Well, no worries. Thanks, Al. All right. Bye. bye.